Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. From Chicago to Florida, communicating by phone, traveling by plane. And when it was all said and done, my dad, in his most humble way, said, you know, everybody has a story. He didn't think it was a big deal. But I think today it's more important than ever that we all tell our story. And we don't have to publish a book to do that. Sometimes just showing up on platforms like this, we can help so many people who show up later, uh, two days later, three days later, even four days later, a week, a year later to watch this program, they're going to learn something valuable to help them on their journey. So thank you for all all of you who show up tonight to bring this lesson about angels. Yes, Uh, this show, I invited a guest to come on, but she's missing in action. I don't know where she is. Uh, She did say she had to go to a family event in Orlando. I'm not in Orlando, but haven't heard from her, don't have seen her. But that's okay because the universe 
the angels are always helping me do what I'm assigned to do on this planet, and that is to raise the consciousness, bring unity and wisdom, and put bring us back into alignment with the creator's love, wisdom, and understanding. So tonight I have, I've got, I've invited several of my, my friends who are going to tell their testimony, hopefully, and their story. And most important, uh, I've got uh, someone from YouTube uh, to give us a basic basic teaching on do angels exist? How about that? Teal Swan is a very famous educator, spiritual personality, uh, who teaches about all types of uh, topics. And I thought I'd let her bring a foundation for tonight. Do angels exist? Because some people don't believe they exist. Guess what? You can't see them all the time. And when they do show up in a physical form, some people don't recognize them as angels, which is great. That's okay. That's why we're here tonight to talk about what many of us know is not coincidence, is not the uh, woo-woo-woo type uh, truth, but it's actually the reality that we live in, which I have come to learn 90% or maybe less, 80 to 90% of our reality is actually in the invisible realm. Yes. So let's listen to um, an introduction, I would say, for tonight uh, that asks the question, do angels exist? And then I really do want to hear from all of you if you've had any experiences. I know Mama AZ wants to tell about her recent experience uh, where someone showed up in her life who she believed was sent uh, in a spiritual way and who brought healing And that's where we're going tonight, recognizing when energy, let's just say when energy shows up in your life and it brings healing and it teaches us how to be the work of healing. I always looked at um, doing the work of healing versus being, but tonight I started uh, thinking in a different way that it's about being first internally taking on the mind, the heart, because your heart is electric and it pumps energy out. It, it actually has an aura that goes out way out, depending on how strong your heart is, that love energy spreads out around you, and that energy brings healing. You are being the spiritual consciousness that you came to be. So let's listen to this fairly short introduction about Angels are the supernatural spiritual beings that have captured perhaps the very most attention amongst theistic religions and spiritual communities across the globe. Traditionally, they're considered to be intermediaries between God and people. They're also traditionally seen as spiritual protectors, also as guides for people. Okay, so let's just get this out of the way. Ready? Angels, yes, they do exist. But the story of what and who they are is different to and is more complex, shall we say, than the standard narrative. When it comes to discourse about angels, something that's challenging is that people use this word, angel, to represent all kinds of beings. For example, a person who is Christian might use this word to describe the specific spiritual beings that were said to be created by God and to serve his purposes, but specifically the ones that are named in the Bible. 
a person who is Muslim might use this word to represent beings created from light. A person in the New Age spiritual circles might use this word to represent something like celestial spirit guides. by defining what an angel actually is. An angel is a being that was created to hold an intermediary point of perspective between source perspective and temporal perspective. As they're in between the physical and non-physical points of perspective, they hold a very unique perspective, one that's able to align both temporal perspective and non-temporal perspective. They are, in essence, the keepers of alignment. This is why the mission of angels so often revolves around keeping a temporal being, such as a human, in alignment with the bigger picture of the purpose of their life here on Earth. Angels know a being's intention for their life, as well as their desires, as well as their path of expansion. And they influence a temporal being's life into alignment with those very things. Angels are one type of spirit guide. Some angels, including the archangels that so many people are familiar with, are guides for humanity itself. Rather than being there for specific individuals, some of them have been focused on humanity since the dawn of humanity, and each has a very specific way that they serve the human race, assisting the human race to stay in alignment with the very original intention that they had for their existence, the collective desires and also the collective expansion path for humanity itself. The thing is, the form that angels take is variable according to who they are interacting with. They appear in whatever way gets the message across and is likely to be met with the least resistance in the being that they are interacting with. This means that they are likely to appear in a different way to a holy man who's on a spiritual quest in the mid-fourth century Rome than they are to a native who's foraging in the Amazon rainforest then they will appear to a person who's sitting in a random hospital in America in the year 2023, right? Um, but let me give you some examples of the way that they might show up. They might appear as winged people. They might appear as beings of light. They may appear as orbs. They may appear as deceased loved ones, just to give you some examples. Angels are not actually humanoids with wings. They are much less human than that. They simply chose to project themselves as that image or associate themselves with that appearance because it held special meaning for people, which is the whole reason they appear in whatever way they appear to whoever they appear to. For many reasons you can probably ascertain without my explanation, when you're interacting with humans, it usually works better to assume the image of something human. So you might be asking, why would they appear as a humanoid being with wings? Well, it just so happens that way back in history, many people associated God and heaven with being up it was being above. <laughs> and what was up and above? The answer is the sky. The only beings that people would have seen that could reach the sky were birds. Birds have wings. Because of this, wings were associated with God and with the heavens, and therefore divine power. People envied what could fly. They believed that if a person did what was right and what was virtuous in this life, living essentially an ascetic existence, they would be given wings, which would allow them to soar to heaven. Because of this, wings were seen as what allowed a person to ascend to the heavens, to everything that was better, to everything that was more, to everything that was good and right and powerful. 
They were symbols that someone had gained eternal life and with that supernatural powers. They had reached heaven. They had reached the perfect state of being that everyone in that time aspired to. And just so you know, this was only further enhanced in the days where messages were sent over long distances in human society via birds, such as carrier pigeons. Wings became symbols of messages from afar. So given all of this, the image of a celestial-looking person with wings was a very effective and symbolic way of communicating to the people back then that they were what they were, an intermediary between the temporal world and the non-temporal plane of existence, what the people at that time called God, and that they were also a messenger and a guide. Some angels are, and some angels are not able to take physical form. Those who do live in an embodied form of life are called earth angels. When this happens, they bring their multidimensional awareness into this physical life, and they do the same thing for other living beings as any other angel experiencing a non-physical existence would be doing. As a consciousness, and as a group, and as individuals, angels have a hell of a lot of energy. They're being fed with energy directly from universal source consciousness and also by the collective consciousness of temporal beings, including humanity. This keeps them very active and very alive. Angels do not control what happens on this earthly plane, though. They're not playing people, places, and things like chess pieces. They're instead participating in this consensus reality, just like we are, but from a completely different point of perspective. Now, the reason that to us it seems like angels have so much more power than we have is because they hold a perspective which, depending on the angel, can accommodate anywhere from 5th to 11th dimensional awareness. Their perspective is not limited to the four dimensions where a person is typically focused. What does this mean? Okay, so this means that they can conceptualize and perceive anywhere from the multitude of potential life paths and timelines that could branch out from any given moment in this universe, all the way to being able to conceptualize and perceive of all possible branches for all possible timelines of all the possible universes and anything in between. Angels are learning and gaining expansion from us, just as we are learning and gaining expansion from them. They are able to affect perception. They're also able to influence things like events. This is why it is better to think of them as guides. Just like any other guides, they don't make decisions for you, and they don't act out your life for you. You're not like a marionette doll that's on their strings. They don't seek to make you dependent on them. They seek to empower you towards being able to achieve and maintain a state of alignment And this means they work with your free will. They want you to find a sense of self that's in alignment. They don't want you to be governed externally. Most people are completely unaware of angels, but when you are aware of angels, you're essentially more open to their influence and to the messages that they have for you. And the thing is is that angels don't just communicate through words. In fact, outside of dream space or outside of body work, very few people have multidimensional perception enough to visually see them, much less to convert their messages into verbal messages. They mostly communicate through what people call signs. Let's give you an example of that. 
Okay, so things like certain numbers appearing and reappearing over and over again, or songs with specific lyrics that apply directly to whatever you're experiencing, or rainbows, or people that you randomly meet, or ringing in the ears, or synchronicities, etc. At one time in history, angels were much more interested in visually appearing and in communicating, i.e. talking directly to people, but that's actually changed. Many of the people nowadays and recently who wish to see them and wish to talk to them have a resistance to their temporal life, and they use spirituality as an escape from their temporal life. Many of them also have a lot of trauma involving other people in relationships, and so the reason they really want to see and talk to angels or other spirit guides is because they're in resistance to building relationships with other incarnated people here on Earth. As you can imagine, this makes seeing and talking to angels against their best interests and out of alignment. And so angels are in fact appearing less and less to people. At this point in time, the best way to develop a relationship with angels is to operate in your life with the knowledge that the greater universe is always trying to communicate with you and show you the way. Therefore, what you want to do is keep yourself in an open and ready state of listening, of watching, of smelling, tasting, intuiting, and feeling or whatever might come. The guidance and influence of angels does not have to be seen or heard or felt in order for it to be happening. It is happening all the time beyond most people's notice. Have a good week. If you liked this video... Wow. There was so much in her message that reminded me of my own um, encounter with angels. But you don't even have to agree with her or believe anything she says. Forget it. Just throw that out. We, we're starting tonight with a basic foundation for the subject, since my guest is missing in action. And we're going to just go into this with a lively conversation. I just know I've got enough live, lively people, conscious people, who have had experiences. And I want to just share one with you that she reminded me of in a hospital. When my mother was diagnosed with cancer of the liver, and this was after years of being an alcoholic, she was diagnosed with, and I lived in Florida, and I flew to Chicago to spend time with her because she was very sick and bedridden most of the time. And I spent time with her, and it got to the point where she couldn't hold her urine, and I just couldn't help her as much. So I called her doctor and said, listen, we need to put her in the hospital. Can we give her some IV nutrients, vitamins? Can we do that? And he said, okay, put her in. we'll take her to the hospital. So I took her to the hospital, and they started giving her a nutrients through an IV, and she started to wake, come alive. She started to be more of herself. But then I met the doctor a couple of, a day or so later, and he said, you know, we can't keep this up because the hospital just doesn't agree with this kind of protocol. I'm like, what? What? She's coming alive. So uh, long story short, as I was leaving her, I was in the room with her, and she was talking about she was seeing roaches on the wall, and there were no roaches on the wall. And she was seeing things I wasn't seeing, and I was thinking, I'm losing my mother. I'm losing my mother. And as I was leaving that day, the last time I, that was the last time I saw my mother alive because she passed away, I think maybe a couple of weeks later as after they put her in an assisted living institution. I was on the elevator in the hospital, and a man got on the elevator and spoke words of comfort to me like, 
it took me out of the sadness, out of the depression I was in after leaving my mother in that hospital room. I was when I left. I thought the last time I'm going to see my mother. I was so sad. I was just in another world. I got on the elevator, and this man got on the elevator. I could just feel his presence was not that abnormal. And he spoke to me with the most beautiful, soft words, comforting words. And I wish I could remember what he said, but what he said so affected me that I came out of the depression, came out of the sadness, and I went, wow, she's going to be okay. She'll be okay. And she passed, and I didn't go into deep grief from that. I just... I think it was because of the presence of that person, that angel, that energy. Let's let's just say that. And then that man got off the elevator, went his way, and I looked around as I was in the parking lot. I couldn't. I didn't see him. I no sign of him. I don't know where he went, but I just know that I felt the presence of something or someone that was not normal. The words that he spoke. And he, this man was not in that room with me, with my mother, so he didn't know what was going on. But he spoke to me knowing exactly what I was feeling in a way that brought me totally out of my sadness and my depression and my thoughts of, oh, I'm going to lose my mother. This is the last time I'm going to see her. And that was the beginning for me of paying attention to energy that shows up in my life that brings a special message. As uh, Teal Swan said, uh, that angels are the keepers of alignment. And this show, the, the most high show me 11 years ago, I've, the Soul Purpose Healing excuse me, has been around for 11 years. I've been working and being trained, <laughs> educated, and in class with Soul Purpose Healing for 11 years now. And the the whole purpose and divine assignment was to bring people into the uh, divine alignment of the creator of love, wisdom, and, and compassion. This is what uh, soul purpose healing is all about, bringing us back into alignment with the creator's love, compassion. So when she, Tia Swan explained to us that um, angels, are the keepers of alignment. This show, Soul Purpose Healing, to me is so on purpose, so divine, and it's the creation and it's continuation that I don't give up. It's like even though I don't want to, I don't feel like doing a show, blah blah blah, and it curse me. Wait a minute, this is an assignment for you, a divine assignment. Keepers of alignment, the angels help me every week, every day, every night to be keeping us all of you here tonight in alignment because um, the universe, as she said, is a communicating energy. It wants to communicate with us through numbers and through people, bodies that show up like in the hospital for me. The greater universe, they're here for us to communicate from the higher realms. How many of you agree with that? Do you think about why, as humans on this planet, why we need to have an experience with angels? And that could go into the work of being 
he a healer, not just doing the work of healing, but it goes, we go into the work of being, not just doing. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to um, bring in my um, Melaleuca commercial at this point and um, take a break. And when we come back, I'd love to hear uh, your stories, if any of you. Uh, have an angel story. Do you have an angel story that you'd like to share with us about um, how you came more into alignment with uh, the presence of an angel in your life maybe? Did, did it help you come into alignment, seeing or feeling the presence of something or someone that was not of this world maybe or just has so much love oozing out of them, the energy of love oozing out of them that you just had to pay attention, got your full attention. That's what that person in the elevator, as I was leaving my mother for the last time, got my full attention because I came, the words were so comforting. I remember the words were so comforting, so loving, so peaceful, and just a divine energy that helped me accept that my mother was leaving this planet. And she did shortly after that. So I'm very grateful for the communication that we get in every form, whether it's numbers, we should all be just, when we see those numbers, we should just be in gratitude that we're being communicated to, as as Teal Swan said, on another level. So let's take a break and uh, listen to this very um, informative commercial for a minute. And then when we come back, I'd love to hear from you, or I'm going to go into um, the synchronicities that angels help us see and what is not, what, why we cannot look at synchronicities as a coincidence. Because seeing repeated numbers, again, this is part of the communication that the big greater universe brings to us. All right, so here, we'll be right back after this message. Have you ever wondered why some of the healthiest people still get sick? Or why the occurrence of learning disabilities like ADHD have drastically increased over the last 50 years? How is it that the cancer rate has gone from 1 in 8,000 back in the 1910s to 1 in 2 today? Isn't it odd that even though we are more focused on health than ever before, that there's still been an increase in diseases, disorders, illnesses, and other conditions that destroy your quality of life? What if we told you that the very things you're using in your home to avoid these health concerns are actually what's causing them? If you're the decision maker in your home, you know how overwhelming it can be to keep your family safe. Today, we'd like to welcome you and simply provide you with some important information and shed some light on some health concerns you may not be aware of. Over the last hundred years, thousands of toxic chemicals have been introduced into society because of an excessive overstock of chemicals designed for warfare in the Second World War. Today, as the 2013 documentary, The Human Experiment States, quote, 42 billion pounds of toxic chemicals enter into commerce every day. That amount would fill up 623,000 tanker trucks 
And as we speak, there are over 80,000 such chemicals on the market in the U.S. Over the last half century, chemical usage has gone up by 2,000%. And it isn't until there are enough people hurt by these products that there are even questions raised. Does this sound familiar? On July 12, 2018, the well-known grocery store brand of talcum and baby powder company, Johnson & Johnson, was ordered to pay a $4.6 billion lawsuit. As it was said, they knowingly covered up asbestos in their product for over 40 years, and we have been trustingly using it on ourselves and our most precious of all things, our newborn babies. As parents, we work hard to keep our families safe and healthy. We diligently try to choose the best brands at the grocery store for our families. After all, keeping a clean home is an important part of good health. But is it possible that cleaning your home is dangerous? 7.3 million American couples have trouble conceiving or carrying a pregnancy to term. This is a 49% increase since 1988. Recent studies have shown that babies that do make it to term are being born pre-polluted, with up to 28 harmful chemicals in their blood, with indicators that over 400 more are present, all without ever eating food, drinking water, or even breathing air. It just doesn't make any sense. Studies show that in 1999, one in 500 kids had autism. Today, it's one in 59. But the effects don't stop there. As of 2013, the increases over the last 45 years show that life-threatening birth defects has increased 100%. Genital deformities of baby boys has increased 122%. Asthma has increased 80%. Leukemia in children has increased 74%. And ADHD has increased 53%. A 20-year independent study was done by the University of Bergen in Norway. This study started closely tracking a population of 6,235 women and men. They tracked the typical use of home cleaners and how they affect lung tissue of those who use them over a long period of time. Over the course of the study, the participants answered questions about their usage of cleaning products and have their lung capacity tested regularly. In May 2018, the study was published in the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine which generated global media attention because their findings from the study clearly showed that significant damage had been done to lung tissue and that by using national brand cleaners, even only once a week, had the same effect as smoking a pack of cigarettes. Now, that's kind of scary information, but there's a solution. And I have another Facebook page uh, that's called Holistic Home and Body Care, and that is the business I ran for 10 years. Um, I um, did holistic house cleaning with just vinegar and water and very uh, non-toxic products. I had a customer for 10 years, too, because she was allergic to everything. So I'm now partnering with a company, Melaleuca.com, that um, provides safer and uh, non-toxic products. And I just placed my order for this month for my essential oils. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to get a number of essential oils because that's one of the line of products they carry. So if you're interested in partnering with me with this buying club, the information is in the chat, melaleuca.com. Go to melaleuca.com 
and um, explore the website and see if there are products that you might be able to use every month, and then the company will pay you from profit sharing. So thank you for being more conscious here tonight. Now, I'd love to hear from anyone in our studio, like Mama AZ, or any of you who have an angel story. Do you have any angel story that you'd like to share with our audience? Some of those who might be in doubt that even angels exist or what their influence is. But in the meantime, um, I want to share with you uh, an interview from Sadhguru about synchronicity because Sadhguru uh, is an Indian man, a man from India, and he teaches a lot of wisdom. And so I want to share, I found this uh, very good um, question and answer from a couple who brought out um, some questions for him to, again, continue the conversation about synchronicity and how angels... Let's say there are two people who love each other. If one person is thinking of a certain thought, the other person is also thinking of the same thought. Certain cohesiveness can easily happen with life. So there is synchronicity with life, otherwise life would not exist. My question is this. Um, in my friend circles, um, there are a lot of us experiencing what we're what we've coined um, you know synchronicities or uh god winks or because uh, I know that there are no co- i don't believe in coincidence I believe in confirmation um, but a lot of us are seeing like repeating numbers uh two 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 eleven eleven three 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 four 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 ten ten twelve twelve you know at many it's not just me it's like a whole community of people um, that I know are all, like, greatly aware of this secret, I guess, phenomenon um, amongst us. And it's, it's beyond just the numbers. You know, it's certain sightings and, and visits or, you know, it's just kind of magical. It's a magical time. But what would you say, what would you attribute this experience to? Because I know so many people that are having this experience right now. See, uh Numbers and number systems are, have been invented by human beings, all right? Uh, we, we made up the numbers. Because we have uh, ten fingers, we made ten an important number. And you know the zero came from India, you know that. <laughs> the zero was invented in India. And the number system evolved out of that. In India, we say, we see that zero is the only true number because that always exists. Rest we made up. One, two, three, four made up by us. Zero has always been there. It's the natural existence, there is a zero. There are many, many things which are zero. But one, two, three, four, we make it up. How far can we count? (laughs) It depends, you know. Uh, A child will think uh, ten means it's like a big number in a child's mind. Well, now you can say a million or a billion, now these days everybody's saying a zillion. I don't think most people understand what's a zillion, but people keep using it. So about coincidence of numbers, 
One aspect, I'll just cover it in two different ways. One aspect is there are only nine digits. So repetition is very obvious because there are, you know, seven billion people and there are only nine digits. How many times will it repeat itself? Naturally, it will repeat itself many, many times. But at the same time, if there are two people close to each other, let's say there are two people who love each other. Now, it may so happen at a given moment if one person is thinking of a certain thought, the other person is also thinking of the same thought. See, one person is uh, picking a number which is three, the other person is also picking number three because certain cohesiveness can easily happen with life. Not only with human beings, it can even happen with other creatures, it can happen with trees, it can happen with uh, other animals. Among trees and animals also, this is very much there, much more than human beings. It is very little among human beings because there is too much of intellectual thought in the human being. In the other animals, there is not so much thought, so their synchronicity is way better than that of human beings because they experience life chemically or by smell. So because of that, there is a much more cohesive synchronicity among other creatures. For example, if a group of wild elephants come and start grazing on a particular species of trees, within 20 minutes, all the other trees in that region belonging to that species, their leaf will go bitter and they'll turn mildly poisonous. Because they have communicated, we are being eaten up. You do something, they will all turn bitter. The elephants know about it. So because the elephants know about it, they will graze quickly in one place and then they will not even bother to graze the next tree and the next tree because they know they would have turned bitter and they will go far away and again start eating. So, even among trees, there is such synchronicity. If human beings hit a pitch among themselves, good for them, but don't give too much significance to it because then you will start imagining a whole lot of things which are unnecessary. But is there synchronicity with life? Of course. Otherwise, so many things wouldn't happen. There are lots of studies which clearly show this and in the yogic system we call this Samskriti. What Samskriti means is, there is something called as, uh, you know, learning because of the atmosphere. You're not being actually taught anything. Just because a certain family has certain skills, even the children born in that family, just almost like they're born with those skills, they just adapt. It is just in the air somewhere, the skill. They just pick it up. They have, they have made studies, of various uh, people and uh, animals, mice, they have noticed that this is possible, that learning can just happen out of contact. So there is synchronicity with life, otherwise life would not exist. But uh, it should not be overdone in our minds, that's all. about um, synchronicity and angels and numbers so that we can really begin to understand, overstand why angels do exist 
and what are they here for? One thing that caught my attention uh, or that Todd Guru said was sometimes people with in too much intellectual thought, he said, are not able to comprehend or identify with synchronicity. He, he mentioned that, and in fact, probably any animals in nature are easily, easily adapting to and integrating with angels and synchronicity and all that because the intellect is not at stronger in their case. So that is so beautiful to hear and begin to understand that when we look at nature and what nature represents, we can see how out of alignment we are when we don't understand, understand, overstand angels and synchronicity, we're out of alignment because the the philosophy, the truth, the, the teaching is that angels are keepers of alignment. Alignment with what? The creator's wisdom, the creator's truth, the creator's compassion. When you look at all the war that's going on, uh, all over the planet even, even in the United States. We've got a war on the border. We've got war in cities. We be, we can begin to really see what a, a struggle it is in the spiritual realm, the spiritual warfare that's going on in the planet Earth because people are out of alignment. So if, in fact, angels are here to keep us in alignment, then there's a real battle going on right now because so many people are angry and at war with their neighbors or with other countries or within uh, the state of Israel, for instance. So what is our job? I think our job is to be more educated about this subject, angels, and being, to be the work of healing. So I want to bring in one more teaching about synchronicity that can help us really move to the level of wisdom, understanding, overstanding about angels and healing, because we want to talk about the healing that some people receive when they are really in touch with that wisdom that's flowing, keeping us in alignment with the creator. So Here's one more teaching on what is synchronicity and what does it mean. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life when a bizarre coincidence occurs and it left you feeling entirely astonished? The odds of its occurrence could have been very low or even next to impossible. Coincidence and synchronicity are both defined as striking occurrences of two or more events at one time. The difference is that coincidence is perceived as chance or luck, while synchronicity implies the presence of a deeper intelligence at work. It was Leonardo da Vinci that said, learn how to see, realize that everything connects to everything else. Many people have an awareness of what the term synchronicity means in general terms, but in many cases this can be confused with unusual yet timely coincidences, 
accidents that seem as though they were by design. So how do we know the difference? A growing number of people believe that to experience a synchronicity is like a powerful nod or wink from the universe, telling us that, yes, we're on the right track. Synchronicity is also believed to be a form of guidance from the higher self, a way of showing you where the path lies. Hindus believe synchronicity is a manifestation of Brahman, or the fundamental connection of all living things within the universe. The concept of synchronicity eliminates the accident from the nature of this apparently random phenomenon, and while synchronicities can manifest as something you might want to put in the coincidence box, there is just something about the event that makes you stop in your tracks and question something about the occurrence that leaves you utterly astonished and wondering is this something more as everything consists of tiny vibrating atoms some believe that synchronicity could also be a manifestation of environmental harmony where the frequencies and vibrations of the moment sync together in perfect equilibrium producing such eerie experiences the term synchronicity came into popular use through psychotherapist Carl Jung he too often experienced what many would consider as meaningful coincidences in both his life and during sessions with clients Jung's original version of synchronicity brought in and out the presence of recurrent images and ideas, archetypes tying us to other dimensions where dreams come true, timely meetings change your life, omens accurately predict the future, and phenomenal signs are deeply significant to our personal experience. He also believed that synchronicities mirror deep psychological processes, carry messages the way that dreams do, and take on meaning and provide guidance to a degree, and they correspond to emotional states and inner experiences. Dr. Young didn't define the principle of synchronicity because he was a mystic or a psychic, but because after years of working with patients and bearing witness to the events of his own life, it became clear to him that there appeared to be a mysterious underlying kind of field affecting a whole different level of experience. While many do recognize the phenomenon of synchronicity, there are many different ways of viewing it. The law of attraction theory states that good and bad events in life are caused by your thoughts and your feelings, what you are manifesting. And because like attracts like, synchronicity occurs. Others attribute the experience of synchronicity to psychic abilities. A manifestation of psychic abilities where we intuitively know that a certain person will call us or a significant event will befall us and then it does. There could also be something of the unconscious mind at work here. We get warning messages in our dreams so why can't we get them in waking life as well? Our unconscious mind influences a lot of our behavior and at the same time can also communicate with us. 
signs and omens or instances of synchronicity could be the unconscious mind's way of guiding us. Here are a small selection of examples of synchronicity that you may have experienced in your life. Seeing repeated numbers, especially master numbers 11, 22, 33 and so on. There will be a separate video that focuses on master numbers on this channel and their synchronistic value, so make sure you subscribe for more regular content. Another one is that you may have been randomly thinking about a person that you haven't thought about for a while or even seen for a while. And then later that day you bump into them or they call or they text. You could simply think about something and then it happens, making you stop in your tracks in astonishment. Or you may overhear someone talking about an event or saying something about something which in fact sounds like answers to the questions that you've been asking yourself recently. You might dream about people, animals or places and then see them repeatedly in real life. Help and support could appear in your life when you least expect it from people you have never met before. A big one is seeing repeated symbols, for example white feathers or the infinity sign, butterflies, songs, master numbers as we have already mentioned, somebody's name, the tree of life, the list goes on. Can you think of any other common forms of synchronicity? Please share them in the comments and share your experiences if you can. Of course, the list of synchronicities is endless and subjective, as synchronicity is a more complex phenomenon. These are only a few general examples that we may all experience at certain points in our lives. The best way to recognize your synchronicities is to think less and feel more. Listen to your intuition. By being in tune with your inner voice, you can understand the outer signs easier. And remember, synchronicity only applies if it is spontaneous. Waiting for the 1111 to appear on your clock does not count. You have to be genuinely surprised and not expect it. Or at least, there needs to be a degree of unpredictability involved. When you're having a dialogue with someone, you don't control the other person's words, reactions or thoughts. And you generally listen when the other person speaks. It's the same with synchronicity and any other kind of guidance. Skeptics sometimes call synchronicity apophonia, or the practice of seeing connections and patterns in random and or meaningless data. This is because humans are born meaning makers, with a fondness for seeking patterns in everything they see around them. This is an unconscious coping mechanism that we use to make sense of the world and sort through the overwhelming amount of data that is thrown at us every second of every day. We notice and analyze patterns everywhere in an effort to understand our environment and to a small degree control it. Behavioral economists would classify synchronicity as a form of confirmation bias. For example, if you're told to look for yellow cars, you'll start seeing yellow cars and realize there is a lot more yellow cars than you initially thought existed. But 
whatever causes it. An increasing amount of people do believe that synchronicity is far too common and too intriguing an experience to overlook or quickly dismiss and forget about. What follows are a few tips to help you tune into the flow of synchronicity and understand the sacred experience unfolding all around you. 1. Cultivate your capacity to receive. The universe always provides you with exactly what you need for your highest growth in the moment. If you aren't ready to receive, you won't. Cultivating a greater capacity to receive means having deep courage to face the infinite potentials and possibilities your life might present to you. It means invoking the truth of what you are actually capable of handling at this time in your life. And it requires you to embrace whatever life delivers to your doorstep with an open heart and absolute trust that it's exactly what is being called for at this time, even if you don't always understand. 2. Pay close attention. Simply pay more attention to your experience. If you're going to ask for guidance, you're going to need to meet the universe halfway. Especially during your time of seeking, watch your environment a little more closely. You may be surprised what presents itself when you pay more attention. 3. Notice patterns and symbols. As you pay closer attention to the occurrences in your life, you will likely notice patterns beginning to emerge or powerful symbols showing up. Take note of these. 4. Don't overcomplicate things. Sometimes the universe sends us the exact message that we need, but we miss it and go on searching for more. The truth is, the universe expresses a great deal of genius in simplicity. This can be difficult for modern humans to understand as we tend to complicate things. The bottom line is, if the universe tells you to turn right, don't hinder yourself trying to figure out how and why and at what point to make the turn. Just do it. 5. Allow yourself to believe. One of the most common questions when working with signs, visions, dreams or any other form of sacred messages, how do I know that this is real? Is this just coincidence? Is this just my imagination? The answer is simple. Your imagination and your reality are reflections of one another. Everything you are presented with, whether it's logically tangible or ridiculously abstract, has meaning. Sometimes it's overt and sometimes it's vague. The language of the universe is symbolic and our intuition is the translator. When we allow ourselves to deeply feel and believe what is being presented to us, the signs become clearer and more compelling, and we further strengthen our ability to intuit them. Wow. Hope you got out a lot out of that message. Whoa, I, had, I was taking notes, actually. There was so much in there to help us move forward, to evolve, and to be better listeners of what the universe's language. That's what this is all about. It's all about hearing the universe's language. I have, I, I often hear ringing in my, in my hearing, in my, in my head, and so I've learned to, as she has just 
um, stated aloud. That is the message of the month, if not the year, aloud. I have listened to Mike Sand- Michael Sandler is a, a very spiritual YouTuber, and he brings on channelers and people who are giving messages that you don't hear in the news every day. And I listened to three messages in a row, and all of them were talking about allowing, allowing, allowing uh, synchronicities to flow in your life without restriction, without resistance, allowing wisdom to come in, uh, allowing the numbers to show up. That was the message for all three of the videos that I heard. So um, it was just amazing that now even in this um, video about or teaching about synchronicities that the word allow shows up. Allow yourself to believe. What are the consequences if you don't believe? I said it's BS, I don't believe in that. Well, the universe is going to keep nudging at you in different ways is what I found. You'll get more messages in a different form. You'll get more numbers. You'll get uh, people. How about people? Just like for me, being in that hospital elevator was the biggest um, transition for me to start paying attention to people, energy, and numbers. And then the the next uh, transition for me was when my sister passed. It's been funny two instances of people preparing to leave the planet brought my attention to synchronicities and numbers. And that's what um, we are here to do is be in alignment, being in alignment with the keepers of alignment, which are angels. And if you missed the beginning of the show, uh, Teal Swan pointed out the many ways that angels show up if you're ready to allow that wisdom to come into your life. So we're going to take another break. Uh, Let me see. I don't think uh, I haven't seen any messages from, I haven't seen any messages from Naima. So I'm going to play uh, another commercial. And then when we come back, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. What are your angel stories? We have right now, our beautiful sister Zelda of Monday Morning Mindfulness says, Grand evening, beautiful wife. I'm looking forward to a life-changing show as usual. So very grateful for your commitment to humanity. Yes, we thank, thank us because Zelda is one of the female solution hosts, and we are committed. We are very committed to bring you um, the messages of the universe and to continue to educate and to continue to share our our experiences who have been assigned to Blog Talk Radio. And Zelda says, we are all taking notes. Thanks for sharing the universe language, learning to listen differently. So well put, differently. Because we hear the fact that I hear ringing um, every day when it's really quiet mostly has has taught me to listen differently. So it's almost a blessing to have this ringing. And at first it was annoying and kind of fearful. You think you're going, something's crazy going on. 
But as you uh, research and, and educate yourself on what is this ringing, what is it, it's something that I now allow and I manage and I realize with very uh, keen understanding, understanding that this ringing is a vibrational energy that in some ways is preparing me for another dimension and for another experience on this planet. Because as we saying, listening to different sounds, energy, vibrations, it's all energy. It's all energy. So we're going to take a break. If you have any more comments, post them here on uh, Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live slash Viata. Look for me, Viata, for Soul Purpose Healing Facebook. And you can also find me um, uh, YouTube, Viata's Tiny House Village. We always start out with a beautiful presentation of the village with cows and horses. So don't miss the beginning. You miss out on those beautiful animals. And then we're also in the Blog Talk Radio studio. So press 1. After this message, I'm going to open the mic up, 773450. And um, we will be right back after this. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry. You are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking stimulating and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness session on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the Mindfulness Slash Stress Relief Coach, Zelda Speaks, and thanks for sharing the Mindfulness Moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of Mindfulness on Higher Learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. Thanks for listening. All right. You can tune in tomorrow morning, Monday morning Mindfulness with uh, your host, Zelda, uh, bringing us uh, um, breathing exercises, traffic reports, and amazing, awesome guests. So let me go to the phones and hear from you. We're talking about, if you just joined us, we're recognizing angels and being how to be the work of healing. I have friends who have had a really rough time overcoming uh, diseases or health challenges but they are becoming now the work of healing. They exude, they just exam, they're just great examples of what healing looks like for, and then their testimony is so healing. So let me open the mic of 773-450. Your mic is open. Welcome. Shalom, greetings. Shalom, greetings Wonderful to you. Show. Wonderful show. Thank you. I think it's sort of like a mission of those that are off into what they have to do. This is a wonderful show because it shows you how to be a positive light or how to recognize and be conscious of the conscious light in your life. So that's part of what directs you. You do have to be prepared to receive that when it comes your way. Right. So 
Right. And so then it's something you develop. Although I think everybody's got the power to heal, you just have to have the experiences so that your faith can be built up. I think somebody mentioned something about if your faith is not tested, then you really don't know where you stand. So we should, considering the society we live in that gives us the wrong diet and all this other stuff, we really have to take pause to find out what's most important than of late. It's not the eating of food as much as it is the concept of perhaps an elimination diet, that it eliminates toxins out your body. If you're 80% water, it's like you should be drinking water a whole lot more than anything else that they feed you in marketing schemes and all of these restaurants that serve this fast food that cause a lot of heart, artery clot problems and everything else. So if we take our body and our minds on that journey when you hear so much negativity, I think you almost have to be the light in the dark. You have to be prepared because you have to see the most high and sit down and have a conversation about what's your purpose. How can you make things better? But life is for the living. And living means you'll make a decision on what you're drawing to you, be that people, places, or things. Even in a small sense, imagine a bird that wants to sing you a lovely symphony. But if you make too much noise, you make that bird fly away, and you miss out on a beautiful symphony. Take your time to pause and be still and let those things come to you. When that angel appeared to you, when you needed it in that moment, thinking about it, and you hadn't even contemplated it, but you know after you experienced that, you know how much better you felt. And today, you can be that beacon of light for someone else. How about that? Absolutely. Now, um, this is Obadiah, and Obadiah is talking about the being part of the work of healing. Uh, Because as I said earlier, sometimes we just think about doing the work of healing, going around and laying hands on people or going around um, the hospital serving, but some people do that for for um, not I would say that, you know, maybe they're trying to prove someone uh, that they do this type of work, and so thank you uh, Obadiah for introducing the idea and the thought of being not just doing and that's something I think we all have to work on uh, is coming out of the the uh, doing part and really looking at the being, what it means to uh, have the mind of Yeshua, for instance, Yeshua, a.k.a. Jesus. Uh, Yeshua had the whole essence of healing inside of him. And so we are now looking at people who demonstrate that essence of Yeshua, the truth, the spirit of truth. What is true? And for each one of us, it's different. It's really different for each one of us what the spirit of truth looks like unless you've had a challenging experience in your life of healing, of recovery, and uh, hard work. Then you may not even know what truth looks like. 
but for each one of us, it's different. So I want to hear from you about your your experiences, either recognizing angels or being becoming a work of healing versus doing the work of healing, and how that teaches you about the universal truth of keeping uh, us in alignment. Let me go to the phones, uh, 407-579. Your mic is open. Welcome. Hi, Viata. This is Tammy. Tammy, how me? are you tonight? Yes, I can. I'm You're coming do- in loud and I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Um, I uh, appreciate your show, and I just uh, wanted to comment as well. Um, you know a little bit about my history. I uh, started to have serious health issues many years ago, um, probably almost 17 years ago, and it got worse. Mm-hmm. And then I was at a point where I couldn't work anymore and uh, wasn't, you know, able to do a lot of things. I couldn't function at a normal level, and it got very difficult, very scary. And I continued to you know, look and look and look um, to many different types of um, doctors and modalities and things um, to find healing. I was very, very determined. And um, and then, um, you know, I two things that I, I guess I can, well, I guess there was a couple, more than two, but the two that stand out in my mind is there was a point where it got really bad and I was uh, losing consciousness. And at that point, you know, I had, I had been used to fighting, um, so to speak, in my body, you know, trying to hang on and, and, and keep saving myself, so to speak, with different things. And this time I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't fix my body and I lost consciousness. And at that point, um, I remember just uh, letting go. It's so funny. I don't talk about these situations. And then when I, uh, very often, then when I do, all of a sudden I get emotional. I don't realize uh, how emotional, uh, how difficult it was. Um, So I apologize for that. What do you mean? Yeah, I remember. I remember, I remember I just, I was fighting in my body to stay conscious. Um, Okay. um, There was some, just, it's hard to explain, I guess, but I kept, trying and I got to a point where I got so tired and, and there was just, I guess there's a way that I could try to keep my blood pressure up. I guess I don't know how to explain it to you medically, but um, I remember just going, I was, guess I was semi unconscious. Um, so I was kind of in and out and I was trying to fight, I guess, by squeezing my muscles or uh, it's difficult to explain, but I remember just emotionally knowing I was, I mean, I was consciously, I knew that I was going out and I ha- and I just knew I was going to lose consciousness. You just, you know, it wasn't right. very fast. It was slow, slow over time and I was getting weaker and weaker and I just, I, I let go. So that's, I don't know how to explain yeah. that to you, I guess. Emotionally, I just let go. Um, it's terrifying when you know that your body is shutting down and, um, and at that point, I finally, I guess, thought I just inside emotionally or uh, spiritually, something in me just said, okay. And surrender. Um, 
Yeah, I surrendered. And, um, yeah, so um, I guess the paramedics had come. And, sorry, um, I ended up in ICU. And I guess I had had a seizure, which I've never had before. And, um, anyway, I made it through that. And, um, I, (laughs) some people would say that's crazy what I did next, but when I did come, you know, become conscious of what was going on around me and well enough, um, I, I signed myself out and walked, got out of the hospital and went back home and resumed what I knew. I felt I knew it was right to get my body going again. And I did. Um, so for me, I mean, maybe some people would say, oh, well, you know, the hospital saved you. And yes, I guess I, I feel that they helped, but I do feel that sometimes accidents can be made because people don't always know your entire history going into the ambulance. Um, right. And so just my background and history of being in and out of emergency rooms and in and out of uh, ambulances and knowing the system very well and getting to know the paramedics, I'm very grateful for people trying to do their job and help people. But I also know that it's dicey. And, and what that means is, you know, someone coming along, if you've already lost consciousness, you can't exactly tell them what medications you're on and what your situation is because you're out. And if the people around you aren't very good with medical and talking, they can't really advocate for you that well either. Um, And so it it can be sort of, uh, you know, them guessing. It's guesswork in a way. I mean, they're looking at your vitals and they're trying to do what they can to help you. And so I feel very much like uh, an angel was watching over me. You know, yes, there were people helping me. But (laughs) my situation was very dire at that time. I was severely weak. Um, I had been bedridden for two months. And when I say bedridden, I don't mean just getting up and walking to the bathroom and getting up and fixing me a can of soup. Like I could not get out of the bed. Uh, And my body was so weak that I was not able to walk and uh, sit up for very long at all. And so things got really bad before they got better. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of not saying because we'd be here all night, but um, to explain how I got better. But um, there were some moments that I really feel, you know, blessed to be here um, because once I was in the emergency room, you know, I was being pumped with all kinds of different medications. And one medication would make, uh, for instance, my blood sugar skyrocket, and I've never had a blood sugar issue in my whole life. If anything, it's been a little maybe low because I need to eat more or something, but I don't have history of blood sugar. But just to show you how medications do have side effects, as we know, and, um, you know, when you start pumping a body full of a bunch of drugs and the person can't talk to you, and the body could be very weak and frail, it may not be able to tolerate the power that that chemical. And so, you know, people die, right? And and, and right. people make mistakes. And we know how many deaths happen every year. Um, it's in the hundred thousands um, just by accidents um, under medical care. So it happens. So I feel very blessed to have somehow made it through some of the things I've made it through. Um, 
So it was a very, very and, tough recovery for me. Yeah. Yeah, and Tammy, but I'm um, here. She's not. She's not telling of the part that she was a single mom at the time, and she has a daughter who was an angel of sorts, who was always very supportive of her and helping her. And and that young lady is just growing up to be such a, a beautiful young woman because guess what? You, Tammy, have become the healer in the family. You are being the work of healing because you've been through so much. And I want you to share the diet that you went on because I just did a show on Friday about the carnivore diet. And just tell the the audience a little bit about why and how how the doctor you met was sort of an angel because she really helped you transform your diet and everything to bring you back to health. Right. Now, I was going to say that, but then I thought, well, maybe she's thinking something even on a higher level, and so obviously this is a human being. But I um, I have been searching for my healing since 2007. My first appointment at a cardiologist's office, I lost consciousness. They diagnosed me with some things, and I never stopped looking because the stuff they gave me wasn't making me feel better. And I finally, I kept praying, and I kept begging, and I said, you know, I, I'm just, I'm at my wit's end. I've done all this reading and research, and I've gone to every doctor and different types I could think of, integrative, naturopathic, Chinese, functional, you name it, allopathic. And I just prayed and I prayed. And um, it just, she just can't, I found her somehow on the Internet. I don't even know. I, you know, and I heard her show and I knew instantly this was something different than everything else I had heard that was trending out there. And I'm not saying that things out there, other things out there don't work for other people. They do. What I learned most from her was that there is not a one size fits all diet because we are all different as far as our history of what our bodies have been through based on what we've consumed, what we haven't consumed, um, what line of work we've done, um, and what our bodies have been through. And there's just so many different variables that contribute to that. And so she was the right person for me at that time because she had some different information I had not heard of. And this was 2019. So from 2007 to 2019, I was selling everything I owned, going to different doctors around the country, moved across the country, and I still was not well. And then I found her. And she taught me, for me, um, that I needed what she called as a building diet. So there's cleansing diets, building diets, uh, balance, you know, a little bit of both if you need that. And what was going on with me is I had been so thin and so depleted. And, and I, ex, you know, I was a professional singer and I was an athlete growing up. And, and I had always heard don't eat fat, don't eat cholesterol, don't eat a lot of meat, um, you know, to clog your arteries and, and, you know, and of course eat organic and clean, that part's great. But for someone who, there's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into it as well. So I've learned now a lot about myself, how I went, you know, I was very disciplined. And so when I heard don't eat salt, don't eat cholesterol, don't eat fat and not a lot of meat, I did that to, to the T. But with someone that was exercising as much as I was every single day for many years and sweating a lot and very thin, 
it affected me nutritionally. I was so malnourished and depleted that, and then having a baby on top of that, and then being busy working and not eating enough that I needed for me, it, I became just so malnourished. And you can look up the studies and find out, even when they talk about malnourishment in the elderly, as people get older, they don't cook for themselves you know, good nutrient-dense foods. It's a lot of snacking, a lot of processed foods. And although it may be an organic prepared meal like processed from the store, if it's gone through some type of processing, it, it, it could be lacking so many nutrients. And that's fine short-term, but over a long period of time, you could be so malnourished even though you're eating, if that makes sense. So right. I learned that we can be eating, but but not getting the right kind of nourishment that we need. And so that combined with the steroids that they put me on because they just couldn't figure out how to keep my blood pressure up and to keep me out of the emergency room and from feeling like I was going to pass out all the time, we were at our wit's end. I tried all the nutritional stuff, and I ended up giving in because I couldn't function. So I got put on prescription steroids, and that destroyed me further. That compounded the problem. It just compounded. It didn't. It didn't address and fix what I didn't realize was going on. And none of the doctors recognized it or said anything. They all said, you look great. They didn't say, you need to eat. <laughs> or what are you eating? Because you're too thin. They all said, you look great. Right. You know, it's the misperception right. as well. What is, what is healthy? It should, it's really not looks. It should be, how are you feeling? And, and what are you doing? Right. And let's evaluate that. It really shouldn't be based on looks because sometimes there's some warped, um, perception of what it, that is, what is health. And so um, anyway, I learned a whole lot of crazy stuff that I never heard anywhere else that I say crazy because it was mind blowing. Like <laughs> I was told, I learned that um, cholesterol is the main building block of all hormones, hormones, all hormones, like not just sex hormones, but we have all kinds of hormones. The, the glands, in our body that produce our life um, steroidal hormones that give us life. You know, our adrenals secrete hormones. And everybody hears about adrenal fatigue nowadays, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue. Well, if we didn't produce some of those hormones, we would be dead. And, right. um, and so you can find the charts online. It's, it's real. It's not made up, and cholesterol is the main building block. It's, it gives us, it gives all the cells in our body its integrity, the integrity of our cells. It makes our cells strong. It, it forms the myelin sheath in all of our cells, and it helps to produce, um, metabolize, or convert all of our hormones. And you can find that chart. Um, you know, so anyway, I could go on all night about that, but. But the point is this, it's not about just going out and all of a sudden pigging out and eating the junkiest food that you can. It was where I was sourcing it from. So not getting cholesterol from a processed oil or something from McDonald's or something and living off of that. It's understanding the balance between eating, if you need to for energy, some meat from the farm and you know how that, that meat is being treated and handled but then also having plenty of vegetables with that, lots of vegetables and water to metabolize it, to not let it get, you know, uh, hardened up in your colon, right? It, right. 
Anyway, the things I learned were just honestly more basic stuff, getting back to the basics, trying to think common sense and stop listening to all the noise out there and saying, what is it my body is meant to do? My body is meant to drink water. It's meant to eat good, wholesome food, and it's meant to cleanse, to to get rid of waste, and that means go to the bathroom. And that sounds funny, but it's not. And if you're not if you're not going regularly, you're backing up, and people are hearing about leaky gut and all of that. Your food does metabolize through your colon into your bloodstream. So if you're getting backed up, your fecal matter can get into your bloodstream, period, and it can make you sick. It's like poison. It's toxic waste. And it's just it was really down to the basics. I was not eating enough um, to give me energy and to convert my hormones. And, I, and you know, Viata, I told you about the cholesterol being the main building block of all hormones. Right. Well, interestingly, interestingly enough, guess my cholesterol was extremely low. And when I went and tested in the 2009, one doctor said to me, whoa, your cholesterol is really low. And I said, wait, what? What did you just say? I'm confused. I thought it was supposed to be low, right? We're always talking about high cholesterol, but no one ever says that your cholesterol can be too low. It was 119, and it was very low, and I didn't have any energy. And, um, you know, once I started learning about, like, incorporating some organ meats, and I know everybody feels differently, but this is what worked for me, and I know it makes me feel good. It makes me have energy when I feel like I can barely hold myself up. And I started eating, like, you know, liver and, and red meat, you know, stuff that everybody says not to eat. And I was consuming some cholesterol items, you know, different organ, organ meats. And um, it, it really brought me back to life, and it helped me get off the steroids. But as my cholesterol level went up from 119, so did my cortisol level. And cortisol is what your adrenal produce that I needed to have produced in order to get off the synthetic cortisol, if you're following me. So I know I'm getting a little too too complicated, but the bottom line is cortisol is one of our hormones, right? And it's one of our really important ones. And I needed that to produce on its own so I could get off the steroids because I was taking a synthetic cortisol that was actually suppressing my own production and um, it's very dangerous to do. I mean, people try to get off steroids all the time and some of them end up in the hospital and even die with what's called an adrenal crisis. And so I increased my cholesterol in a safe way, um, in a clean way, tried to consume the, 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 you know, cleanest food I could. And as my cholesterol increased, so did my cortisol level. I was able to get off the steroids and now I'm doing things I haven't done in 12 years, you know, like driving again by myself, having enough energy to drive and not having to lay down all day, um, not feeling like I'm going to pass out all the time, um, walking and exercising some and starting to think of a career again. And, um, you know, it's pretty amazing because as messed up as I was, I I don't hear many stories if they're out there of people being disabled and getting worse and being in a wheelchair, not even able to drive themselves again. 
you know, anymore or do their own grocery shopping or clean their home. I couldn't do all those things. And now I can, you right. know, sweep with a broom and mop the floor and clean my tub. And that sounds so basic, but it's hard to really even wrap my own head around, and I went through it. So well, I guess I'm, is, yeah, I'm happy to still be here because my daughter's having a baby. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're going to be a grandma, so it's just perfect timing right. that you're yeah. the work now, and you have lots of angels. And the truth is, Tammy, more and more people are giving their testimony of a carnivore diet, how it heals them. I just saw one today of a 78-year-old man who was told he didn't have long to live, and he had all kinds of health problems, and he decided to go back on his father's diet that his father had uh, 100 years ago, which was a lot of animal products, and he decided to go on that, and guess what? He healed his floaters in his eyes. So guess what I'm thinking about? Maybe I'm going to switch over for a little while floaters in his eyes and all these other things that were bothering him, arthritis, everything went away. So more and more people are talking about what you went through, Tammy, which is you are like a trailblazer uh, to have had that journey of suffering and then recovery. And then now Tammy's ready to educate. I just had someone say, let her keep talking because I need to hear this. (laughs) So there are people... (laughs) who need to hear about what you've been through and what you've learned that has yeah. given you your life. So I'm very, I, mean, I, I agree. Cause, thank you. I mean, I agree. My, you know, when you go through such really hard times, you're looking at the ceiling for two months and you literally can't move. And I was an athlete. I mean, I could move. I ran track and I was a performer. I couldn't move. I couldn't muscle it anymore. I couldn't fix this at first. You know, I could fix everything else earlier in my life. I could do anything I wanted, it felt like. And all of a sudden, I couldn't fix it. And that will test your sanity, really, being stuck in a bed for two months, not being able to get out. It was really scary, and it was really hard. I thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, When no one was home, I would scream. And it, it sounds horrible, and it was. And because I went through that, feel that for real like I I want to help someone else get out of their hell you know what I mean um oh yeah and it, so it really me, uh, can yeah, I say something on the carnivore hands. diet really quick just to not mislead somebody yeah I, I just I really quick have, uh, yeah I think we have I just wanted to say that before the only thing that I sort of agree with, I say sort of, because again, I, I don't feel like I can speak for every human on this planet. I think everybody might do well with something different is that people need to learn to really listen to their bodies. You get ideas from other people and try it tentatively, like, like be aware. Well, what does that mean? You know what? It just takes practice. Just do it. I didn't know either in the beginning. I couldn't figure it out. She would say, listen to your body. There's no coincidences. You'll get it. And I did. I kept trying and trying, and eventually I got to a point where I can really understand what my body needs. And with some of the what we call extreme diets, a carnivore could be considered extreme because it's one of just one type of food. Be careful because, because what if you do go eat a bunch of meat? and it gets backed up in your colon, you got to understand meat is also dehydrating, right? It's, it is a dense, 
It provides energy. It grows muscle. But but it's meat. And you can even find this on, you know, in the reports and everything. Meat does dehydrate. It sucks the water. And you can get dehydrated. So, you know, God forbid you give yourself a heart attack because you get dehydrated because you don't understand the balance and the amount of water you may need with that meat that you're eating. Um, I don't really, I don't really prefer that. So I, I mean, I really believe in eating a lot of vegetables or, and water and some really watery fruit like watermelon, papaya, things like that to help digest it because it get you can get a blockage. I just feel that way. I, I know a lot of people on the carnivore diet, they preach it. I've heard it. Yeah. They say it doesn't happen, but I, it does for me. I can tell you that. It does for me. Well, so, I've so here's the thing. Okay, so here's yeah. the thing, Tammy. Like I did on Friday and I do uh, today, always do research first. There are lots of doctors on YouTube who are giving advice on the carnivore diet. I, I've seen over the last 24 hours, I've been listening a lot to it because a friend of mine, wants to try the carnivore diet. So I've been listening to a lot of medical doctors who've had patients and who've had experience with the carnivore diet who are giving all kinds of answers. So whatever you do, if you're going to embark on a, a, an extreme light diet carnivore, do your research first. And there are plenty of doctors on YouTube who are giving advice and who have had 20, 30 years of experience on this diet and have patients who have gone through this diet. And most of the people on the carnivore diet, they're not eating any fruit and vegetables with that meat. They're just eating fat no. eggs and avocados because the fat and the protein is what they believe is giving them their health. So let me go to the phones because I think people might have questions for you, Tammy. Uh, 773-483, your mic is open. Welcome. Oh, hey, can you hear me? This is Kofi. Yes, Kofi. How are you? Oh, bless, bless. Hearing you guys' vibration. The uh, ringing in the ear is actually from the star. The star is ringing. Yes. Uh, there was yes. a guy who did a star, and it looked like a pulsating angel. You know, so vibrations. When I was young, I heard hummingbirds. I had a hummingbird come down right in my face, and I just got so charged, you know. But, uh, while I listen to you guys, I, I was having a, uh, I have a, I don't live in a new condo, and I have like a little kitchen uh, problem with the water coming up, and I just, I had some hand sanitizer, and I just sprayed it down the pipe, and it, it went away, so. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just did it, and the water went down, so, hey, <laughs> but I was going to. Uh, I was, I've been doing salmon and, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I, you know, I try a lot of different things. Uh, I freeze bananas and then I peel them, put them in a juicer uh, with water and honey. And that made my body strong like a gorilla. I call it gorilla juice. So there are many ways to heal our body, but, Right. We're talking about vibrations. Um, you know, can you hear this? That's a heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what we're, 
strokes for different different diets for any for everybody. So just do your research and make sure you're as she said, listen to your body. You start something and your body you might go through a little heat when you start but just listen to your body and do the research. Listen to people who have done the, uh, the work and uh, go to another caller because Kofi, I got a lot of static. So I've got three three six three five zero. Mama Av, your mic is open. Uh, Are you there, Doctor? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Greetings, family. Uh, uh, Miss Tammy, uh, thank yeah. you. And, and thank us. And I would like to be able to reach out to you. Do you know for many, many years, as far back as I can remember, um, I lived in uh, North Carolina for almost, uh, for almost 40 years, and my cholesterol was always under 112 and the doctors oh, would say that oh that's great and and now here you come saying uh, i mean i'm i'm 72 uh-huh. my god and and uh they never said anything about it so we we need to talk that oh dr v you're awesome you you uh yeah i have to have an after talk with you or reasoning with you this is so awesome. So it's dangerous if if your uh, cholesterol level is one twelve or le- or low or lower. Well, the thing that I don't want people to think is because I'm saying I'm doing something, they should just go jump on my bandwagon and say, "Oh, that's what I should do." What what I learned to do was look at my life and say, first off, make a list. Generally speaking, what kind of things do you eat? How much water do you drink? And how long have you been doing that? Like some people are really overweight and um, they may have been heavy meteors their whole life and they may do really well with a cleansing diet, which is um, a lot of vegetables, some, you know, uh, lentils, beans, rice, and they may feel good with that, you know. Dr. Daniels has that stuff. A lady that helped me, she has a diet that she recommends for people who need to clean out, who've, who've consumed a lot of toxins in their food. Maybe they've eaten a lot of packaged stuff. Maybe you don't eat a lot of meat, but you eat a, your head, you're, someone's overweight and they're eating a lot of just junk food. So it's, it's a whole um, program. But basically, I was just giving you some of the tidbits that I was so thin my whole life and I had been an athlete and I was just burning, you know, I was driving on empty. You know, I was burned the gas out a long time ago. And when you see people like bodybuilders and athletes, a lot of them, you know, most of them, they're consuming a lot of eggs and meat. And that's how they get stronger and can lift the heavy weight that they're lifting and build the muscle. You know, aside from some of the ones that are doing steroids, I'm not talking about those guys. But there are guys mm-hmm. that are working out heavy and and really getting stronger. And you get stronger from, you know, eating protein and, and 
I'm just giving an example of in my life what I found out. Yes, there is a place for cholesterol in our body. We wouldn't live without it. But that doesn't mean that some people go, oh, yay, I can just go eat this. It, it means learning how to eat fresh food that you make yourself if you can. You make a whole pot of it. I do batch cooking, and then I refrigerate leftovers for a couple of days and go in and heat it up. It's not always fun. Um, it's very disciplined. But, um, you know, I splurge with a fruit shake or something. You know, that, that's when I, when I need something sweet, I use fresh fruit. And we make our own stuff around here. Um, takes a lot of work, so if you're already weak, it's very difficult. You know, I was very blessed to have my daughter and my roommate who helped me when I was bedridden and they cooked for me. Um, otherwise, I would have been in trouble. Yeah. Well, Miss Tammy, uh, I think you uh, have done an interview. And uh, Dr. V, you must have this sister on your show because of her vibration, I'm feeling it, and uh, that's all I can say. Uh, oh, we got to do the angels another time because I don't want to lose this. If you don't mind me asking, uh, when did you come to the planet, Miss Tammy? I mean, <laughs> I'm oh, just yeah. curious. I, um, I'm, I, 1973, so I'm 51, and all of this started when I was about – when it really started, I was still functioning some, but I noticed some things happening. I was about 34 years old, so I kind of missed oh, wait, my wait, 40s. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what I'm asking, excuse me for interrupting, but what's yeah. your month, your date? I got the 1973. January. Oh. So oh, January, my. and oh, I'm, okay. the, I'm the third. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. Are you serious? Did, Okay, so right there you are four, uh, four, five. Oh my God! Add it up, Doctor V. She came here January third, nineteen seventy-three. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh my! Yeah, I hope. Yeah, am I correct? We got it. Yeah, okay. That's right. I apologize. Okay, go ahead. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, this is D. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. us. Thank yeah. us. And, uh, if you have come up with any more questions, Mama AV, I'll pass it on to Tammy because she and I are in, uh, con- we connect all the time. But we do have another Unmuted. caller. And Great. Okay. It's on the, I'll mute. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the the uh, faith, uh, female solution line. So, uh, Naima, your mic is open, and you said you, we have a caller waiting. Uh, Naima, are you there? Okay. Please enter your happened. PIN followed by the pound. Thank you. Yes. Uh, three one. Yeah. Uh, three three two one. Okay. Your mic is open. Three two one. Your mic is open. Check your mute. Check your mute button. And after that, you have seven seven three four eight three. Okay. Are they gonna seven seven three four? I think that's Koofy. 
Okay, um, yes. Is your other caller? Three two one three three six eight. No, this is Kooky right here. Okay, well, hold one second. Let me see if I can get this other caller. Three two one three six eight. Your mic is open. Check your mute button. Um, so Kofi, you're back. Did you have another? Did you have a question for Tammy, or um, you, were you just gonna wrap up what you were talking about earlier? Oh, I mean, I enjoyed her uh, healing story. Um, one of the best healing stories that I have, the sun gave me. Uh, I'm golden color, uh, and it gives me the vibrations to think and know what I'm supposed to put in my body. That's my consciousness, sun gazing. You'll see the, the disc going around. Maybe look above the sun at times. Uh, if you need to close your eyes, eventually when you sun gaze, you want to see that little circle uh-huh. disc going around. That's healing of the body, okay? And that's that's my secret. Don't tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tammy, that's have it. you ever done anything? Yes, I'm here, Viana. Yeah, have you ever tried sun gazing? Is that looking at the sun? Yeah, straight into the sun early in the morning. No, um, not really. I mean, I heard about it when I was over across the country. It was one of the other things they talked about, and we had certain lights that we looked into, like orange light. But um, anytime I've tried to look at the sun, it um, it doesn't feel right to me. I feel like I'm going to go blind. So um, look at it for my eyes are a bit sensitive. Just a couple, just a couple seconds. But, Maybe look above or below yeah. when the sun maybe going down. I've not tried in glancing morning, at so it, right. yeah. Yeah, glancing at it. If yeah. I started by just closing my eyes and focusing my head to the sun, so it gives you a pinnacle gland. That's a start, you know, and maybe just open your eyes a little bit. I mean, I've certainly heard that. about that because I know Dr. Dr. Klinghart, one of the doctors in, over in Washington, he – uh, they talked about that, and and instead of using the sun, they had done it with something else with orange light, you know, like from the sun. And they talked about things that could how it could heal. But I didn't. I think sometimes I think if there's something really pressing, something that is the most um, that you're lacking in your body or is the most damaging, and that doesn't you don't find that, then I think all those other things for me didn't work. For instance, I was going to some of the best of the best, right? Suppose, and um, they had a lot of really great things, you know, nutritional IVs. And, and even Viata had told me, you know, she had done an IV of, of, of vitamin C and that helped her years ago. So I was doing all of that and that wasn't helping me. So a great example, you know, that's a great example of what helps one person may not help another, but, it's well, all the, all, the vitamin D, all the vitamins, all the plants, and all the vitamin C, D, it comes from these plants, which are charging from the sun, okay? This is ancient comedic. Yeah. Uh, what it does, it burns out the chemicals out your bloodstreams and make you a natural person. It burns out the chemicals in your, in your body, 
when you sun gaze. So like I said, just do it for a couple seconds a day. Next time, do it for three seconds and going on. But you eventually want to see the disc going around the sun. And once you see that, bam, you're going to realize what I'm talking about. So don't, don't blind yourself. Maybe look above the sun or below. Don't look directly in there at first. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little step-by-step process because I had that same thing. You look at the sun and you feel like you're blind. Look above or below, and eventually you'll get used to it as a practice. And it takes a couple of weeks to do that. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. For maybe one more caller, and then we're going to have to say goodbye. So, Naima, you said you have another caller, 262? Uh, unmute. Open your um, open your mic. Mute. Well, Tammy, I'm just so grateful that you joined us tonight, and we're going to have to do. And and it's just a, a real blessing to have you and Kate. Her daughter Kate is expecting, and uh, we're getting really excited about that because uh, <laughs> we have uh, well, we're welcoming all new 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 uh, babies into the planet these days. Not looking at, at boarding or anything like that. So everybody's excited to have a new baby coming. And so yeah. thank you again, Tammy. Uh, we'll be talking soon. And yeah, to get you on more because people want to hear your story, and you have a lot to share. So, any final words? What's word, the name Tammy? of the baby? What's the name of the baby? Muted. Yeah. Um, she says she wants Grayson. So she found that name herself. Oh. So she, my daughter, okay. wants the name Grayson. It's a boy. Yeah. Okay. And she may name my, right. her the middle name after my dad, Spencer. So we'll see. Grayson Spencer. Um, you know, All right. I did want to say. You mentioned floaters, and I just wanted to tell you this. Um, when I was back before um, I discovered all this other stuff, how to utilize food properly, like all types of food, um, I used to have floaters as well. And once I started really nourishing myself with the protein and the organ meats and stuff and kind of gaining a little weight, because I like to very thin and getting things up that I thought I wasn't supposed to, for me, the floaters and all that went away. My blood pressure got more up to normal. It wasn't so low. That was the other thing. I had really low blood pressure. And we always think here about high blood pressure being bad, but sometimes too low. Um, that's what I would get floaters from. And then I would start to feel a little dizzy and a little weak and a little faint. So, you know, the thing I learned is if you feel well, you are well. Okay, but if you don't feel well, then you have to start looking at these different things. And I guess, in my opinion, my advice would be for people to try different things, but don't go so extreme. Like, keep it basic. That's yep. really what I learned. Well, you don't have to blow a ton good. of money. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense because the testimony I heard from this 78-year-old man was he, he started eating more Part more meat, more animal products, and its floaters went away. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. When you make that therapeutic diet your priority, I believe uh, carnivore diet is therapeutic for people who have uh, imbalances in their body that are then the like you just shared with us, Tammy. Sometimes your cholesterol 
and uh, some of the other hormones need to be treated in a way that eating more animal products can help and, and, and treat that. So thank you so yeah. much, Tammy, uh, for joining us, and we'll be in touch. Um, look forward to us doing more shows like this. And Mama AZ, again, if you have anything that comes up that you want to pass on to Tammy, just let me know, and I'll, I'll... So we want to yeah, just that, take be great. this time. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, so tomorrow, okay. thank you. Uh, take this time uh, to remind you tomorrow morning, Velda will have NBA Hall of Famer Terry Cummings on the Monday morning mindfulness from 7 to 9 Central. So you don't want to miss that because we like to hear from our athletes, who professional athletes who have, have been in that, uh, that arena, and they have usually lots to share. And uh, let's see, we have, my phone is pressed from the chill a little. I heard, oh, Francis tuned in for a little while. Thank you, Francis. And sorry, Naima, we couldn't get to all the, the, the people that were waiting. But uh, tomorrow, tune in. We got more from the female. And we're going to play our farewell greetings. Everybody have a great week tomorrow, great week day tomorrow. And start off with Monday Morning Mindfulness and then get out and get some sun. That's what's so important now. Every day, get as much sun as you can. And we'll play now our um, farewell global greeting, uh, giving a thank you to all our family around the world. Here we go. to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, Merci. Gracias. Italy. Gracias. 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 Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Salam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. 
and may and peace be upon you my and the mercy of God there. and God bless you. And Sanaa and Aloha, Aloha to all my friends in Hawaii. Stand strong, Lahaina. Stand strong, and Maui. You got this. So everybody have a great evening, and we will see Thank you, you for tomorrow using Blog Talk Radio. on the Goodbye. Female- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.